Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's Matty Kiwoom, and I am joined today by my fellow, fellow Trade God brethren, but this is not an episode of Trade Gods. This is the fifth episode of Blue Chips. Jason and wow. I uh, are going to go over the offensive players, dive into some of the ones we're more excited about. Uh, we will be doing only fantasy-relevant offensive players. If we did everyone, uh, we'll, we'd be here forever, right? We can't do that. Yeah. So, Jason, how are you? How, are you excited for the Senior Bowl? Yeah, man, I'm pretty pumped. And I also just got to say congratulations on Episode 5 of Blue Chips. Can't believe we're already here. Yes, I mean, it, it, it's kind of – it felt like a long process getting here. Now we're in the, in the mix of things, and I've had some good conversations with guys at the at Player Profiler about how we can kind of build this thing and what we could do with it. And I'm very, very excited, and I'm excited to have you on. You are the first ever guest of the show. Probably will be one of the only guests to ever come on the show. This is mainly a solo pod. But we're going to go through the offense. We're going to go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We're going to talk about some of the favorite players because Jason will be down in Mobile next week. Woo! And I oh, will be there in spirit. Yep. But I will also be bugging the hell out of you because something came up did with my day job that is not allowing me to go. Uh, but I'm not going to cry here on my own show, Jason. I'm not going to do it even though I want to. This is breaking my heart, but we're going to get into it. So let's do it. Let's just let's put the bad juju aside and let's get right on into it. Let's... So we're going to start at the quarterback position. So, Jason, what's your overall thoughts here on the quarterbacks going down to Mobile? What do you expect from these kids? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say quarterback is going to be the toughest position to evaluate uh, without knowing landing spots for a lot of these guys. But we do have some studs, too, namely, that will be at the Senior Bowl, which I feel is pretty rare, especially for the quarterback position. Bo mm -hmm. Nix will be playing. Michael Penick should be down there as well. And I think that those are just really the two guys to keep your eye on. I do think Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, of course, some SEC quarterbacks, just to see what they can do and maybe Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame. But for the most part, none of those guys are really going to get much draft capital. Uh, and if anything, they're just going to end up being a backup. So it's kind of hard to get too excited outside of anyone not named Bo Nix, Michael Penix. 
I, I really think this is the this is stage two. Stage one was when they played each other in the Pac-12. This is stage two of Penix versus Knicks. And I think the winner is a first-round pick. The loser falls anywhere from the second to third round. Yeah. Uh, because of their age, because of their backgrounds, we all know now uh, that J.J. McCarthy will be in this draft class. He's the youngest amongst the highest-ranked quarterbacks. So that's going to give him a boost, the projectability there. Teams in the NFL just can't get enough of that. So I really think this is this is showdown ground. This is the uh, this is this is the little bit of whoosh, quick draw. Who's going to get uh, uh, the win down in Mobile between uh, Penix and Knicks? Um, mm-hmm. And they are on the same team, which was obviously oh, wow. a calculated decision. Uh, they will go rep for rep. Everyone in attendance attendance will see throw for throw, play for play. Uh, uh, you know they'll get it all. Bam, 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 bam. So which is uh, we love that. And I'm going to talk about two guys a little bit in detail here from kind of just the, what I've seen from them and just a little bit of the scouting reports. Bo Nix and Spencer Rattler. So if you're not familiar about with Bo Nix, which I mean Jason, they people are pretty familiar with this kid, I'd imagine. But if you're not, you're just a dynasty degenerate like us and you're not really into the college game, let me enlighten you. He's a 6'2", 220-pound senior. He does have that fifth year from COVID, so he's been in college a long time. He is, like I said, one of the most experienced quarterbacks ever in college football. He yeah. over 60 starts, which is – is that the most or third most? It's, like, crazy. It's. I mean, like, when I was doing my prep for this and just the senior bowl in general, this whole COVID super senior thing has just made yes. the, the, the older prospects. It's so interesting to see. I, I'm honestly – one of the biggest storylines to just watch in the NFL next year is how these old prospects, you know, translate to the NFL. Were they dominating in college because they mm-hmm. were old and have been there forever, or are they actually a really good athlete? And that's going to be answered next year. So, do you think that's that's kind of fun? <laughs> uh, I'm starting to get, develop a take that I want my quarterbacks older, and my rest of my prospects. Yeah. Younger. Um, but I have to get some numbers behind that. I got to get some calculated decisions behind that. I can't just pull it out of my wazoo. But um, <laughs> he's. Knicks does everything you want. He's top five in the NCAA in completion percentage, passing yards, TDs. He's so good in the red zone. He's so noticeably good in the red zone when you watch him on tape. Um, he has the yards per attempt, which is a great indi- indicator that he is a big league player. Um, he's got the top five P- PFF pass grade, so he's mm-hmm. good on tape for them. Adjusted completion percentage, and he doesn't take a lot of tack, uh, sacks. That's yep. a good uh, indication of, of future success. A lot of sacks can be a red flag. He does not take a lot. When you watch him on film, it is clear, Jason, he is a point guard. And I know that's yeah, kind no, of a cliche term now. It's a bit of a, a, a it's a bit of annoying term, but he just improvises so well. And he's able to carry that at any point in the field. I think it's truly a weapon of his. Uh, he puts the ball in spots where his receivers can get additional gains, which is great. Um, and he can make all of what I call the modern throws. And I am using rabbit ears for our audio-only people. Uh, and what I just mean by modern throws is rolling out left to right, kind of cross-body, a little bit that kind of no-look type of pat. The new modern yep. quarterback, he can make those throws. He's currently my quarterback four, and he's projected to go in the first or second round. Like I said, this is going to be a showdown between him and Fenix. And my working play style comp, Jason, for uh, Bo Nix is Alex Smith. I love that. I love that. And now we're going to do a quick breakdown of Spencer Rattler because I'm before Rattler. Because I just, I I don't call it prospect fatigue, call it what you want. I really do think Bo Nix is quickly rising up to be like the quarterback I want in super flex drafts. Uh, I, you know, I still think Caleb Williams, I want to see the landing spot. I, you know, Drake may has the hype or whatever, but all of the hype that those quarterbacks have, they're completely outclassed by the stats Bo Nix put together this season, 45 touchdowns, 
to three interceptions. You never, ever, 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 ever see that. That's just so good to me. You already mentioned his red zone efficiency. You've mentioned his play style comp to Alex Smith. I really, really do think that Bo Nix is a can't-miss prospect, no matter where he lands. I, I think he's going to instantly start and perform well at the NFL level, and I just I am very, very much into this prospect. See, I guess that's kind of where we differ a little bit is I love the prospect, so I'm mm -hmm. with you there. But the mm -hmm. landing spot to me is dependent because I don't know. And me and my brother talked about this. It's kind of a weird thing that he kind of feels like he needs that momentum. He had, you know, he started early at Auburn, was really good, yeah. had two bad years, caught momentum these last two in Oregon, and you don't want him to cool down. You kind of want that's him to keep this thing going. So like a team like the Patriots, I don't love that. But there's a grouping of teams right there in the middle of the first that I would love for Knicks. Mm -hmm. the, Ra uh, the Raiders, yep. I would love that. The Seahawks, I would love that. The Rams, mm -hmm. sign me up for that. There's a lot of spots there in the middle part of the draft that I'm that have the weapons, have some talented coaches. So I think if he goes to one of those spots, I'm with you. He's going to rise okay. up my ranks. Uh, but and then we'll move on to Spencer Rattler, and I'd love to get your take on him. He's 6'1", 217, another fifth-year senior. Um, he had solid accuracy this year, 68% completion percentage, 79% adjusted. Uh, but he had an under eight yards per attempt. Not good, mm -hmm. and he took a lot of sacks. 36 yeah. this year. I mean, 39 this year, 36 in 2022. He really needs to show out in Mobile. And they gave him the chance. They didn't put him in with the same group of Panics and Knicks. There will be a certain caliber of scouts that will watch that grouping because of that quarterback competition where everyone will be able to just kind of just sit back and just see what Radler brings to Mobile because he is a former top prospect, blue-chip yeah. kid, five-star talent. Um, he did all that stuff, so he really needs a ball out to prove himself here because if not, I think I could see him falling just by the wayside. When you watch him on film, he definitely displays arm talent. There's no doubt about it. He's got a talented uh, throwing arm. He does have a little of that cowboy in him, which could go either way. I think that's really going to be a coaching-dependent um, trait of his as, as it develops, uh, and I don't love his deep ball. I don't love how he he, can, he doesn't seem to get it out in front of the receiver as much as you'd like. He was saved by you know a freaking nature that maybe we'll talk about here in a little bit. Xavier like get yeah. um, mm -hmm. so that kind of went to his favor. He's currently my quarterback seven. Um, he's projected to be a fourth round pick. And my working play style comp for him is Baker Mayfield, but there's a, a level projectability there at a five because Baker was a, the one hundred and one. Baker got that long leash. There's so much that's going to have to break his way. There's so much I'm projecting in that comp that I don't really love it. So what are your thoughts on Spencer Rattler going into next yeah, week? Yeah, it's it's really tough because you did mention he was a top prospect. And I remember when he was going into South Carolina, everyone was talking about how he could just be this next SEC star, end up in the NFL, be a Heisman runner, all this fun stuff. And he just never really did it. I mean, his highest total was 3,186 pass yards. That's not terrible. His that was with Lincoln Riley, too. That wasn't even in the last two years, yeah. really. Yeah, it's just like 28 passing touchdowns his sophomore year, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's just so pretty good that it's tough to get too excited about him before knowing everything else, the testing, how he does at the yeah. Senior Bowl, where he ends up getting drafted. But, I mean, certainly I could see him having a career trajectory uh, of like a backup quarterback that sometimes starts like a maybe uh Teddy Bridgewater currently or like a Jacoby Brissett, just a guy who fills in and can probably get it done. Um, I would probably say his ceiling is like a Desmond Ritter maybe that, you know, does end yeah. up giving a chance because of the situation and then just can't really capitalize on it. Uh, I, but we'll see, right? I mean, there, there's so many things that can make a quarterback better uh, than mm -hmm. what they've given. 
So, oh, for sure. And he has shown uh, to improve some of his uh, red flags that you know we all kind of saw at Oklahoma in his two years at South mm-hmm. Carolina. So there is some improvement, but will it be enough? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Let's move on to the running backs. But before yeah. we do, let's take a little pause for the cause. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Blue Chips, Medikiwum, Jason Allwine, Senior Bowl, up players. Of all the position groups that we talked about off-camera, very, very excited about the running backs down there in Mobile. A really good grouping of running backs down in Mobile. Dylan Lobb, Cody Schrader, Marshall Lloyd, Kimani, Rishan Ali, Ray Davis, Jaden Wright, one of my favorites, Dijon Edwards just got his acceptance today. Shawar Jordan from Louisville, Anthony Bailey from TCU. What are your overall thoughts? And then feel free to dive into any of the players that really stick out to you. Yeah, um, I, it, like you kind of mentioned, this is a very interesting grouping, and I love it because, especially this year, the running back class of rookies is slept on. Like, no one is excited about anyone, and it comes in, you know, the past few years we've had prospects that we're all excited about. We had Bijan Robinson Gibbs last year. We had Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall the year before that. This year, it's like Blake Corum. No one can really get that excited about but there are some late round gems and we always see it in fantasy football where these running backs, either they don't go drafted or they're drafted late. They end up being impact players at the next level. And I really do think that there will be at least two or three guys there this year, just like every year. Uh, and there are just some talented running backs. I mean, you can start with Dylan Lobb. He had 68 receptions this season. When do you ever see that from a running back in college? 68 <laughs> receptions for 700 receiving yards. And the year before that, 49 receptions for 464 receiving yards. I mean, this guy will get drafted in the fourth, fifth round just because he can catch passes. And a team's going to draft him to catch passes. And, and it's going to be a good team, whether it be like the Chiefs to replace Jarek McKinnon or something like that. I mean, the guy right. is going to end up in a good spot. And I kind of had this arbitrary uh, I like uh, threshold. Uh, for these running backs. I was looking for running backs with a thousand rush yards. I was looking for running backs with at least 20 receptions and pretty much every running back hit that threshold at the senior bowl this year. And even the one who didn't Marshawn Lloyd, the USC running back still had 13 receptions. And off of those 13 receptions had 232 receiving yards, averaging more than 10 yards per catch. That's Awesome. That shows that he may not get a ton of receptions, but he's good with the ball in his hands. And that is kind of the case for all of these guys. Vidal, 1,600 rush yards and 14 touchdowns. 
Cody Schrader, 1,600 rush yards and 14 touchdowns. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on and find something to get excited about with every single one of these running backs. I mean, even Rasheen Ali in Marshall, oh, his sophomore year, his sophomore year in college had 46 receptions. And that that went down after that, so I'm, I'm not really sure why because he went down to 28 after that. But still, I mean, that shows that he can catch the ball. You had 1,000 rush yards from Ray Davis, 1,000 rush yards from Jalen Wright, 1,000 rush yards from Jawar Jordan, 1,000 rush yards from Amani Bailey, Isaiah Davis, 1,500 rush yards. I mean, all of these guys, depending on landing spot, depending on their testing, they all have so much potential. This is why you needed to gobble up. And if you can, if your league is still open, still go out there then do that and get your second and third round picks because these kids are going to fall fourth, fifth, yep. sixth, seventh round, maybe undrafted, and they're not going to have much hype behind them. But all of a sudden, a few injuries happen. You know, the season, the chaos in the regular season happens, and here we go. All of a sudden, we're like, hey, why didn't I think about picking up Dylan Lobb? Why didn't I take Rasheen Ali here with a fourth mm-hmm. round pick, my rookie draft, third round pick, my rookie draft? So I do agree with that. And there is a sense of importance. I think you see that with this running back roster in Mobile is that there's a bit of a power vacuum at the top of the of the running back class. Uh, Braylon Allen, Blake Corum, Jonathan mm-hmm. Brooks, Trey Benson, they seem to be kind of the forefront, the, the front runners for the number one running back taken. But if it, the NFL, franch- NFL franchises are not certain about those top guys, it leaves room for these fifth-year seniors from smaller schools to really play out and, and get on yeah. the team's radar. Dylan Lobb, I just want to keep talking a little bit about how incredible this kid was at UNH. 1,950 rushing yards with 24 touchdowns over the last two years and 1,181 receiving yards with nine TDs over the last yeah. two seasons. Yeah, 3,000 yards of total offense from this kid. I know it's UNH. I understand it's FCS, not FBS. But this is something when you put both of those leagues together, and I'm not talking about running backs. I'm talking about running backs, receivers, tight ends. He was fifth in the nation in yards after catch. There you go. Including FBS teams, including wide receivers. This kid is dynamic, and, and, and there are reports coming out that he will play in the slot. So NFL teams will get to see this kid running routes from the slot. Versatility you just can't teach. Um, When you look down, when you watch him on video, he's clearly a weapon. Mm-hmm. And I used this term specifically. Mel Kuyper was on um, his show, first edition. I can't remember what the name of him and Phil Yates show talking about the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past episode, he's talking about his Mach 1.0, and he was talking about the importance of weapons in the NFL. And what he didn't realize last year, he will go that he's going to realize going forward was he kept hearing Jameer Gibbs. He's a weapon. This kid's a weapon. And when you hear that, you kind of have to let go of the running back bias, the the positional bias. If a team views a player as a weapon, you can expect teams to be a little bit higher on that player than maybe some would expect. And that's clearly the case when you watch him. He's more than a satellite back. I just don't know if that's a good thing because he might be a slot receiver. So I don't know where it's going to lie. But I'm very, very excited to see where it plays out. He can play special teams. Um, he's currently my running back nine, but he has a fifth round of a draft pick uh, attached to it or projected to be a fifth round draft pick. My working play style comp, and I'm sorry, this is probably going to piss people off, but it's Austin Eckler. Yeah, it's on a level four projectability. There's a lot that has to go his way, uh, but mm-hmm. a lot Austin Eckler's way. Undrafted kid, 
was yep. able to keep playing, was stuck around, took a little bit of time to brew, and then was one of the best players at his position. Now, do I think he can get there? No, not for, not particularly. That's why I'm projecting him at a four. But at 5'10", 203, he ain't small. He, he, he can, no. he, he's over that 200-pound threshold. So, And this is coming from the Mobile Verified Height and Weight. You know, They posted these, so these are the weights I'm using. Uh, over 200 pounds, we like that. There is one play you didn't mention that I got to run through because I – I am starting to fall in love with this prospect, Jalen Wright from Tennessee. 5'11", 205, true junior. Uh, he has the most breakaway runs in the highest YPC in the SEC. 22 receptions, like you had mentioned, uh, above that 20 reception threshold, which is what you were looking for. So we're both on the same page that that stuck out to us. Uh, he was second highest rated in the PFF run grade in the SEC, 16th in the nation. So his tape really matches the skill. Uh, and when I watched him on tape, the th- the three things that pop to me when it comes to Jalen Wright, fantastic balance, fantastic balance. Mm-hmm. And the kid has got himself some horsepower. I mean, whether it's a three-yard run or a 30-yard run, this kid is coming out shot out of a cannon. He could really put the pedal to the metal and get the gears going, and he really just does not look fun to tackle. I mean, think about it. If you're running at fulls, if you are a, a horsepower-type back yeah. and you got good balance, Defenders aren't going to want to tackle you. Those arm tackles aren't going to work. They're going to have to wrap you up. They're going to have to call a buddy on, hey, come help me tackle this guy. That ain't fun. He's currently my running back 11, but I'm expecting a ton of helium, like potentially in my top three to five type helium throughout the process. I just need to see how he tests. You know, this is still early on in the process, Uh, but he's projected to be a fifth round pick. But at this position, just get on a team, baby. Just get on a team. Uh, Scott Connor made this for this phrase famous, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. If you own a 53, you for me when it comes to running back. So we're going to want that out of all these kids. And my working play style comp is Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. He, 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 let me know if you kind of notice any of this down in, down in Mobile, if it sticks out to you. If, if okay. he, Because you imagine of Isaiah Pacheco, uh, but I am projecting him at a three there because I'm not sure of his 40 time. People forget okay. how good of a 40 and how bursty – Pacheco was coming out of Rutgers. Um, so I need to see that. I need to see him put that down in Indianapolis for me to really hone in on the comp. But I like that working comp now. Um, so, yeah, we're very, very excited. Like you said, Rasheen Ali is going to be down there. Uh, Vidal was a good runner. Ray Davis put up a ton of stats. He's a bit older, probably more of a plug. But, hey, if you needed Chris Rodriguez in a game this year, you might have won your matchup the week you needed him. So these running backs are very, very important, and I'm very, very excited to see them down in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, let's go to wide receivers, Jay. There's a few here, and i got to give you credit for one of the guys on my list that I'd like to talk about. But before we get into that, go ahead and talk about the class uh, as a whole down in Mobile, the wide receivers, and kind of what we expect next week. It is a very wide variety. I swear every single wide receiver down in Mobile brings something different to the table. And that that just speaks to this wide receiver class. I mean, we already know that this wide receiver class is good. We've got Marvin Harrison Jr. We've got Roma Dunze. We go on and on and on and on and on. None of those people are at the Senior Bowl. Who do we have at the Senior Bowl that's pretty exciting? A lot of players. I mean, I have raised my eyebrow at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten wide receivers. Ten eyebrow raises. Ten eyebrow yes. raises. Ten. Is that ten eyebrow is raises. that in totality, or can you do the people's eyebrow? Where you do one at a time. That's one. I can't. Nice. I can't. Ever <laughs> seem to do it, but it looks great. All right. Yeah. So we'll start with Ricky Pearsall, I, the first wide receiver on the Senior Bowl roster, wide receiver from Florida. 
Not the greatest stats. Only 95 receptions for 965 yards. That's not terrible, right? I mean, that's pretty standard. If you see a guy get 95 receptions, they can catch a football. What got me interested is he's 6'1", 190, so pretty prototypical. But he had a lot of carries. He runs the ball a lot, and he averaged 20.7 yards per carry as a wide receiver. And I just, you know, that translates. Uh, And so, you know, again, you see these just multiple skill set players. You get kind of excited. Then you go to Johnny Wilson, the Florida State wide receiver. He has done nothing, really. Honestly, nothing. But he's six foot seven. You see a six foot seven guy, and it's like, okay, this guy can do something. However, he's six foot seven and only had two receiving touchdowns last season and has only had five touchdowns most in a season. So it's not like he has been a great red zone threat, but that's something that can be coached. And you can't coach height. So you see a six seven guy. You get kind of excited. Yeah, so he's going to show some speed too. He's going to, I yeah. think he's going to be a little bit faster than people expect. Yeah. And then you already mentioned Xavier Leggett. That dude's a tank. 6'3, 230 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> That's insane. And he has yeah. the stats 1,255 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. Just great, especially when South Carolina doesn't pass the ball a ton. We already talked about Spencer Rattler being underwhelming in the stat department, but to right. still see Leggett do so well, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I can honestly talk about a lot more wide receivers, but it's all kind of random things. I did want to mention uh, Luke McCaffrey out of Rice uh, because I think that he has a very, very interesting skill set. I mentioned Ricky Pearsall running the ball, but Luke McCaffrey does that with more production. So he's 6'2", 195, so a little bit more prototypical. Had 1,000 receiving yards, 992. We'll just add an asterisk. But 13 touchdowns, which is really good. And then 15 carries for 117 yards. So also another multiple skill set player that I could just, you know, see on the right team after some time, maybe turning into like a Cooper Cup or something like that. Uh, And so so those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. Um, Uh, McCaffrey, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. Does he have any relation to the Denver Broncos slot receiver, Ed, Ed McCaffrey? Maybe. Hmm, I think so. (laughs) Does he happen to have the same blood coursing through his veins that one Christian McCaffrey does? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. No, but I'm just going to go through all the receivers. uh, And then, again, you didn't even mention the guy you deserve flowers on, so I'm going to go ahead and do that for you. I got Uh, three guys. You you know who it is. Okay, I'm going to give it to you, but I'm going to read through the full list, give all these kids their due. uh, And then I got three profiles I'm going to go over, two of names you already mentioned, and one you haven't. But I'm going to let you kind of add on to that at the end because, again, you deserve uh, a chance to talk about this guy. Xavier Leggett, Tez Walker, Ryan Florno, Roman Wilson, Malachi Corley, Jamari Thrash, Jaquan Jackson, Marcus Rosemary Jixaint, Lad McConkie, Ricky Pearsall, Johnny Wilson, Javon Baker, Cody Carpentier favorite. Um, he told me, you got to watch this kid. He said, you got to watch this kid. And I did. He is going to be very fun to watch down there, Mobile, Jason Baker, but I'm not going to pretend that he's my guy. I'm not going to take uh, his credit. But Brennan Rice, again, Jerry Rice's son will be down there. Jacob yep. Cowing, Anaya Smith was somebody that I did a little bit of a, a research on. Um, okay. Really good at breaking tackles, not a whole lot of stats. Kind of built out of that Lynn Bowden, Curtis Samuel type of mode. Luke McCaffrey and Jordan Whittington. Now, the three profiles I'm going to dive into. I'm going to start with the two that uh, you've already brought up because you've kind of laid the groundwork for both Luke McCaffrey and Xavier Leggett. You talked about his stats, Luke McCaffrey's, um, but I'm going to dive into kind of his profile a little bit. He started his college career as a quarterback at Michigan. Nice. And uh, 
So it didn't work out from there with him in Nebraska. It didn't really work out for him there at quarterback. Went to Rice, transitioned to wide receiver in his first year playing wide receiver at Division One. This is a Division One player. First year at a new position. Had more than 700 receiving yards and then parlayed that with that near 1,000-yard season that you just mentioned. Great, A ton of touchdowns. Those 13 touchdowns is amongst the top. It's top five in the nation. Um, he's second in the country in contested catches. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, if you haven't watched him, uh, his highlights, go watch because this kid, I'm going to talk about what I saw on film in a second, but yeah, he's tough. He, pl- yeah. he plays primarily on a slot, about 71%. Uh, so he's got that versatility in terms of being um, a slot guy. But when you watch his film, he's tough on the outside, man. He is tough. There's a level of competition that I think he can bring. I'm excited to see it down in Mobile against higher competition cornerbacks because obviously Rice doesn't play the ton uh, of really experience and ton of big high end uh, teams. But boy, is he tough! And it really shows his contested catch rate. My boy, Luke McCaffrey, doesn't give a flying f. He d he is DGAF to the max. He doesn't care. He's coming down with that ball if he can get to it. And I'm curious to see his speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that's going to play a lot in his overall ceiling. But regardless, the dude's a winner on the field. He just – he really sticks out as that 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 tough kid on the field. Maybe one of the toughest receivers. Jim Nagy, the, the, the guy who put together the senior bowl, said he is the toughest receiver in this class. He throws out uh, – you know, I, know, I know it's no longer casual. You can't just throw this out now anymore after the year he had. But potential Puka Nakua. Yeah, type of player where he doesn't have necessarily the, the 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 high end athleticism, but he's tough. He's really technically sound, and he is uh, poised to impress uh, at the Senior Bowl. He's currently my wide receiver fifteen. Uh, he's projected uh, to be a fifth round pick in the NFL draft. In my working play style comp, I feel bad. It's a bit lazy, but it is what it is. It's Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, that type of player where yeah. uh, he doesn't have to be fast, but he's a winner on the field and he's a tactician and he could play inside but compete outside. Uh, and, and I give that projectability level a two because if you remember, you know, it took uh, Thielen a little bit of time. He was an older prospect, undrafted yeah. kid, and just he came off a thousand yard season with Bryce Young last year. That's how good he, he has still been in the NFL. So I like the ceiling of McCaffrey. Now I got to talk about Xavier Leggett. I'm sorry, I got to talk about him. Um, because he is probably the most polarizing guy down there, period. I know he's not the most important to draft boards. He's not going to be the most sought-after kid to watch. But, man, is he going to be polarizing. Because yeah. on one hand, you already mentioned his measurables. That's insane. He's a beast. Yeah. But he didn't break out until 2023. There were some injuries there. But that is going to be a red flag to people. But in the year he broke out, you mentioned the stats. Over 1,200 receiving yards, seven touchdowns in the SEC. He had a top 12 yards per out run, over 450 yards after catch. And he had 47 first downs, which indicates reliability on a yep. on a team, like you said, doesn't throw a ton. The fact that they were looking for him for first down plays or he was able to make first down plays shows his reliability. Uh, when you watch him on tape and you look at his video, his video he is excellent at extending up, you know, really reaching out, extending his arms up and catches the ball with his hands. Some of the, the cracks on a guy like Nikhil Harry, who was also this big, he caught too much against his body. We're seeing it play out now with Quentin Johnston. He caught too much against his body, didn't have sharp hands. Again, it's pretty he has pretty strong hands. He has consistent hands. He he can go up and get the ball. Uh and his physicality is noticeable. 
And I said this uh, uh, before. I'm going to say it again. You look at it, and you don't want to do this. You know, when you're an evaluator, you hate to just throw out names. <laughs> but he looks like DK Metcalf. What do you want me to say? That's like, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking too. It's like, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Even you know, if you if you guys watch Ross, uh, tune in the Roster Watch, which I highly recommend. Cody and Alex do a great job over there. They were doing their Senior Bowl previews. They talked about Leggett, and when Alex started talking about. Uh, started talking about Leggett, he just kind of chuckled and was like, dude looks like DK. What do you want me to do? I, I, I can't. I could I could lie. I could finagle it. I could try to make it seem different. But he reminds yeah. me of DK Metcalf. Yeah. And I'm with him. Right now he's my wide receiver seven. Uh, he's projected to be a second-round pick in the NFL draft, but he could sign up until the first. And my working playstyle comp is DK. Yes, I'm projecting it at a level five because I need to see his testing. I need to see if he can develop his game uh, or at least show the skills that are necessary to develop a more diverse route tree, things that DK Metcalf has shown the ability to do. I got to see all that. So I'm projecting highly, but, man, Leggett is truly an interesting prospect. And Leggett... Jason, which is why I like Leggett, is we've been doing on the future cast, we've been doing mock drafts, and where you can get him, it, you he's bust proof. He's bust proof for me because you're getting him in the second round. You're getting him and sometimes in the middle or, or, or towards the end of the second, depending on the Superflex or one QB. There's not a whole lot of risk there because yeah. of how deep this class is at the rookie position. So I am so comfortable taking a shot on a guy who could profile like a DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, but people are going to throw out the Nikhil Harry comps because of similar size, similar red flags, and that's fine. But in his draft class, in one QB, you were going to have – you had to take him around pick three. That was the year, I believe it was Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. Those are the two best running backs. And he was a first-round pick to the Patriots. So he yeah. was hovering around that 2-3 range – there's a lot of risk attached to, to using that high of an asset to take a guy like Harry where Leggett, give me him in the second round if I can all day long. And the last receiver I'm going to talk about is the person that I wasn't all that excited about. I was on your show, Wake and Take. We were talking about the big, the New Year's Day bowl games, the prospects in those yep. games. And you brought up Roman Wilson. I kind of just went, eh, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Well, Jason, you deserve <laughs> – and if you can't hear this on the mic, I'm gi- I'm giving him a round of applause because he deserves it. You were right. You were on to something, and you had said to me, yeah, well, he I know he only has over around 700 receiving yards, but it takes up about, what was it, 45% of the team's overall passing yeah. production. It, him and Johnson were really just like 50-50 splits on in terms of <laughs> targets, receptions, and yards. And he did a lot with it. Yeah. And the more I dug into him, the more excited I got. And if you're not uh, excited about Roman Wilson, let me go ahead and break down his profile and let's get some people excited. What do you say, Jason? Let's get some people excited for the Michigan guy. Why not? Why not? You know, the Quentin Johnston replacement in in L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, Jason, if you just worked out, got the bench up a little bit, worked in your 40 time, you could potentially replace him because Quentin Johnston smells. I've got hands. I've got good hands. <laughs> I've seen those good hands. We 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 threw the football round when we were together in KC for the draft at the player profile house. And even when I was gas, I mean, listen, I pretty big guy, pretty good guy. I could chuck it, but I lose I lose energy quick. But you got you got you got good hands. You do. Rum Wilson. 5'10", 187 pounds, so a little bit lighter than he's listed at Michigan, uh, that he was listed down in Mobile. Uh, yeah. I've talked about the stats, but he had 12 receiving touchdowns, which is the fifth yeah. most in the NCAA. So when when it's teeth cut time, when it's nut cut time, like 
they're going to him for touchdowns. He had yeah. 2.68 r- yards per hour run, which is solid. It puts him in the top 30 in the country. It's not bad. I mean, you look at him on tape, a few things stick out. First of all, he, he has strong hands. He has very, very strong hands at the catch point. Um, he's not relying on his body to make catches, which is good to know because he's good over the middle. And that's a good indication because he's not, it's easy for guys just to, you know, kind of bread basket it, put it up against chest, get it in the arms, keep running when it's, you know, you're playing in the middle of the field, you're basically staring at the, where the quarterback took the ball. He catches with his hands and keeps them turning up field. Um, so that's a good, a really good sign. And he is a no doubt gamer. He's a no doubt gamer. He's no, he, and I know a lot of uh, people who break down uh, rookies and kind of evaluate people throughout the process. They hate labels like this because you can't quantify. You can't, I don't know. I don't care. I, I love bro science. I talk about it on all my shows. He's a gamer. Kid's a gamer. Yeah. He had a touchdown against OSU, touchdown against Bama. And yeah. when you look at some of the craziest throws, some of the best throws that J.J. McCarthy has put on tape, it's usually going to Roman. Yep. So there's a reason why they, you know, they work together. And I think that if I was an NFL team builder and I took the chance on J.J. McCarthy in round one, I think I'm going to go ahead and try to double dip on some Michigan Wolverines trying to get me some Roman Wilson, let them build that rapport here at the pro level because it was yeah. clear on tape that they have it. Uh, he's my wide receiver 16, but I'm very excited about him. He could come up the ranks. Uh, and he's projected to be a third-round NFL draft pick, which is pretty good. That yeah. could be pretty good draft capital. And my working play style comp for him right now is Deontay Johnson. Okay. I, yeah. So I, I've got the projectability level at a two, so there's not really a whole lot that has to play out. Um to get him to that level, um, he was supposed to be bigger. He was supposed to be 5'11", 192, 5'10", 187, puts him right at that Deontay Johnson level. So uh, that's my working play style comp for uh, Roman Wilson. So I just wanted to give you your shout-out there. Uh, that's the wide receivers. Again, there's a whole lot of really, really fun ones down there. One more. I, of course. One of more. Course. This is why I'm I have you on the throwing, show. I'm throwing the sleeper tag onto Tez Walker. Dude has not really done anything at the college level, but 6'3", 200 pounds. And what raised my eyebrow was the fact that he had 921 yards and 11 touchdowns when Josh Downs was his teammate. And what that says to me is he can be a very complimentary wide receiver if there's someone taking those underneath routes. He can't be featured, but that's fine because you're going to an NFL team who probably has someone taking the underneath and so i'm keeping my eyes on tez walker out of north carolina uh at least when it comes to rookie drafts just because like i said i think he can be complimentary he did really really well when josh downs was his teammate and that says something to me yeah there's a lot about tez walker um he was deemed ineligible for i don't even know what it's like the first 10 games that's why his production really wasn't there. Uh, but he was supposed to be Drake May. Him and they were supposed to light it up together, and they did when he came back. Yeah. Um, he has some flashes. I think he'll be exciting to watch. Some people have Tez Walker, believe it or not, as like a first-round draft pick. I think I think <laughs> Der- Daniel Jeremiah had him in his first round of his mock draft going like the Chiefs. Um, so you'll be, yeah, that's very, very he's, he's an exciting prospect. Uh, I'm excited to see what you see there. I am going to give you a heads up, Jay. Mm-hmm. Cody does not like him. So if you want to like Tez Walker, play, you know, drown Cody out down in Mobile because he does not like Tez Walker. He ain't gonna give Tez Walker a whole lot of love. He's got to be. He's got to show him a lot. Not the senior bowl. To, no, that's to that's. I mean, like I think it's gonna come down to landing spot and everything. But you know, I just when you're a complimentary wide receiver, that goes a long way. 
goes a long way. Oh yeah, yeah. He's I mean he's got the size too. Uh, he's an outside guy. He's he's gonna be fun to watch. And they're just Lad McConkey is another guy that I'm really excited to see how he plays against uh, the rest of the group here. A lot. There's a lot of really really good wide receivers now. Tight end. This class has two. Mm-hmm. It's got Brock Bowers and it's got Jatavian Sanders. Those are two probably top 60 picks, maybe top 50. I think they're both top two, 32 picks. I think they both go in the first round. After that, there is a black hole size gap between the number three. Who's it going to be? I don't know. But down in Mobile, there's a chance that the, the best performer at this position next week comes out as the proverbial tight end three on a lot of boards. Uh, Theo Johnson. Brevin Span Ford, AJ Barner, Ben Stenoit, uh, Jaheim Bell, Tanner McLaughlin, and Jared Wiley. Those are the tight ends going down to Mobile to participate in the 2024 Reese's Senior Bowl. The guys that really stick out to me, I think that the the this is what I'll give you. I'll give you three guys that I think will be competing for the best and two potential dark horses. I think the three that will be competing for tight end one down in Mobile is Theo Johnson, Jaheim right. Bell. And Ben Stenoy. I think Ben Stenoy has a little bit of a ceiling given his size and speed. Theo Johnson really didn't put a whole lot of production out last year, only 400 receiving yards, but he's like 6'6, 250. He's, like, he's yep. got the size, looks to be athletic. So we'll like to see that down there. And Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell had a lot of hype um, behind his profile. I mean, Jaheim Bell was at South Carolina. People thought he was going to ball with the FSU, didn't really ball out, but athletic. A little bit shorter, but that's kind of – he's a little bit smaller, but that's kind of getting more and more popular in the NFL. Yeah. We've seen Kincaid, Mayer, uh, Sam Laporta, all 6'4", 240, all play really, really well at the NFL level. Uh, he's a little bit smaller than that even, so he's going to have to really, really show in terms of, of his athleticism. My two uh, sleepers is Tanner McLaughlin, who was a pretty good player for the University of Arizona Wildcats, and your guy, A.J. Barner. Tight end from Michigan. Mm-hmm. We all know that they have a stud tight end coming out next year at Michigan. Right. So the fe- so there wasn't a whole lot of room for AJ Barnard to shine, but he will have his chance in Mobile. Uh, so Jason, what are your thoughts here on these six guys or uh, seven guys, and, and how do you expect them to shake out? And is it really that important? Am I onto something here, thinking that the tight end three comes out of Mobile? I think you're right, and that the tight end three will come out of Mobile. And I mean, I think all these guys could end up making an impact at the next level. I mean, they all pretty much have something to get a little excited about. You mentioned Bell, and I just don't even, like, I saw this on his ESPN stat page, and I honestly, maybe you can enlighten me. I have no idea how. But in 2022, he had 73 carries? He's a, yeah, they used him like um remember Jalen Samuels, how Jalen Samuels was used in college. And when he came to the pros, he played a little running back. He played running back for the Steelers, but he was a tight end in college. He did a little of that, did a little of this. Um, there's a little bit of that in his game. Obviously, okay. super tough to translate to the NFL. That's why yeah. we don't see it like ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, when you look at Jaheim Bell's size, he's he's kind of built like a big running back, and he plays yeah. a the same. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I saw those 73 carries. I was like, okay, he's got some athleticism. And I mean, kind of all these guys had some solid stats. I mean, Ben Sinnott, he had 49 receptions for 676 yards and six touchdowns with some good size. Jared Wiley, 47 receptions for 520 yards and eight touchdowns and 6-7. Brevin Spanford, 6-7. Over 10 yards per catch and two touchdowns. Not bad. The one that I did mention or that I like that you mentioned is Theo Johnson just because he has really good size, 6'6", 264 pounds. He only had 34 receptions, but seven of those were touchdowns. 
And when you see that nose for the end zone, that really does get me pretty excited, especially since he's a Big Ten tight end out of Penn State with really great size. I do think if he smashes at the senior bowl, he will climb up draft ranks and probably end up somewhere that will really use him. Uh, AJ Barner, you mentioned, I mean, he has no receiving impact really at Michigan, but he does have really good size at 6'6", 250, probably at the very least a really good blocker and does have some opportunity. I mean, Loveland was taking all the receiving work, so it, he never had the chance. Right. Uh, and then even Tanner McLaughlin, 500 yards and four touchdowns at 6'5". I mean, all of these guys have a ton of potential. It's really just going to see how what they do down in, in Mobile and maybe even who drafts them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot that's going to play out for sure at the tight end position a lot yeah. yeah, and we'll see because they're they got the size and the nfl obviously really really depends on a player's size when it comes to the tight end position mm-hmm. uh, but that's gonna wrap up the skill positions i just want to really really quickly go over some of the the offensive linemen that i'm excited about just to put it out there this isn't fantasy relevant this is more for the football fanatics out there that are ch- tuning into blue chips uh talise fuaga he's going to be a top 15 pick uh and tyler guyton very versatile, can play inside, outside. I'm excited to see what he does there. Graham Barton from Duke, uh, he can play all five positions on the offensive line. He's the first or second round pick. Uh, Connor Beebe, one of the best interior linemen from Kansas City State. Uh, Cedric Van Pran, maybe the number two center uh, in the nation, will be down there. Christian Haynes, I need you to do a little bit of research for me while you're down there. Get, get a good look on Christian Haynes, a guard from UConn. Okay. Graded really well in player profile. I mean, uh, on BFF. So I'm excited to see what he does against, you know, all these big dogs. Jordan Morgan from Arizona. He's a first, second round pick. Uh, Kinsley Suyamadia uh, from Brigham Young. He's another power guy that a big time tackle that could be a first or second round pick. Um, we'll see how it folds. And then the last two guys I'm just going to bring is Jackson Powers Johnson, the best interior lineman, whether it be guard or center in this entire class. Jason Kelsey might be retired. Do the Eagles have some scouts sniffing around uh, Jackson Powers Johnson down in Mobile? And Patrick Paul. I'm very excited to see Patrick Paul, uh, Paul down there too because he's a, he's a little bit smaller, so I don't know if he'll play inside or outside. I'm excited to see how they use him down in Mobile, where he sticks and kind of gets a, a position. And then Troy Fontenot. Uh, Troy Fontenot is the right tackle from Washington. Beast. Bully. Uh, and has the versatility to also play potentially inside. So uh, it's going to be a great time down there. Great time down in Mobile. I'm very excited to 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 help out any way I can. Wish I was down there with you boys. But Jason, go ahead and plug everything you got on the horizon, and then I'll let you go. Enjoy your nice Friday. All right, man. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and you're tuning into Player Profiler, you can check out my morning show Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. That's called Wake and Take. And then of course, Maddie Hume and I, we have our trade gods. Coming back soon, I believe we plan to start Super Bowl week right after we get back, or I, I get yes, back sir. from Senior Bowl. So trade hey, gods will be back. That's going to be awesome. We love breaking down the trades and the values. Very excited about trade gods, though. That's, uh, excited and, about mobile. Uh, excited about the trades. <laughs> sorry, man. Hey, if you need me to Photoshop a COVID test, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that's on the uh, now that it's out to the public. <laughs> uh and then oh yeah lastly just follow us all on all the social media platforms i'm managing those right now along with the help of some fantastic people all all at player profiler so go shoot us a follow everywhere you can and don't forget to like and subscribe this blue chips episode yes sir like and subscribe the episode subscribe to the player profile youtube channel with killing it here content 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 the game plan will be back soon tg trade gods will be back soon just like jason mentioned i got blue chips every week 
Futurecast is going to be ramping up with me and Theo OG getting those mocks out there and getting the opinions of some of the best evaluators in the space. And if you just can't get enough of me, head over to the Executives of Fantasy Football on YouTube. That's Cody and I's YouTube channel, The Hurdle, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and patreon.com forward slash the execs if you really just want all my if you just can't get enough of my analysis, but you can get me on the old X app at Maddie Kiwum. Make sure you like and subscribe to the play for our YouTube channel. I got to say it again, because it's very, very important because we've got a lot of great stuff coming out for you. This is blue chips. We will see you next time. Peace. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All-In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.